Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. I am coming to you from Chesapeake, Virginia, rejoicing over the opportunity, the privilege of being able to bring the Holy Word of God to you that absolutely changes us and transforms us and brings us joy and delight and reverence for our God. We are in our series in the Gospel of Luke called the Know Your Faith series as we go through it verse by verse. And I want to begin today's message by asking you this vital question that is something that should be on our hearts every single day, and even more so the older that we get in the Lord. And so the question is this, loved one, are you bearing fruit for our Lord Jesus Christ? And what does the Bible mean when it calls us to bear fruit for him? Well, it simply means that we are growing in maturity, and that happens by hungering for God and for his word and by obeying it. We are growing in Christ-likeness. We are growing in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, do you know what one of the chief aims of the preaching and the teaching of the gospel is? It's found in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28. This really describes fruitfulness for our Lord. Colossians chapter 1, this is not part of my primary message, but a little bit of a sidebar. Nevertheless, it's very important. In Colossians 1 verse 28, Paul writes this. He says, we proclaim him, and that is Jesus, admonishing every man. That word admonish means to correct through instruction. Admonishing every man, and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man, that's the third time, complete in Christ. That word simply means mature, without blemish, without defect. Now, Paul believes that that's true, Paul being led by the Holy Spirit to write this, then it is true, it is possible, but we have a role in that. The Holy Spirit initiates and we respond. Now, by the way, let me just mention the idea and the word man here in Scripture uh, refers to refers generically, of course, to men and to women. Now, my friends, on a very serious note, 
for the follower of Jesus, not to bear fruit for him, I just have to speak frankly, is shameful. And there's no excuse for it. And in fact, it is a dangerous thing to say that we are believers in Jesus, and yet we bear no fruit to maturity, as we'll find out shortly. As a matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews addresses this in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Now, listen, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about works righteousness. I'm not talking about perfectionism at all. I'm simply talking about growing in our relationship in the Lord in maturity day after day after day. You know whether you're growing in maturity in Him. You know whether you're becoming more like Jesus. You know whether you are progressing in the fruit of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, and so do I. Now, that that requires us, my friends. Listen, it requires us. It requires you and me to purpose to walk in humility before God and man. It requires a lifestyle of repentance. Oh, how good repentance is. Repentance is a gift of grace to God, from God to us that we should take advantage of. I I maintain, I don't know, it seems like there are not many days that go by that I'm not confessing some sin or other, that I'm not taking advantage of God's gracious gift of repentance. He knows that we need that. And what is one of the core parts of the Lord's pattern of prayer? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You notice that I mentioned that it's a daily pattern of prayer. How do I know that? Well, Jesus teaches us to take our needs to God our Father on a daily basis by saying, by instructing us, give to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And it's not obviously the principle is there that to apply to whatever needs that we have, because if we don't take those needs to God our Father, then we become anxious. We become burdened in ways that we wouldn't if we would simply let our requests be made known to God. So, for example, in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Nothing is emphatic in the Greek text, and it's actually a command. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, let me, I don't always do this, but I, I wish I would never forget to do this. And that is to teach you <clears throat> and remind myself to pray scripture. 
And so I want to lead you in a simple prayer of application, that is, applying Scripture by praying Scripture. So what I'd like you to do right now, I might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. I'd like you to pray these that those two verses with me out loud. So would you simply repeat after me, Father, thank you that your word says that I am to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I can let my request be made known to you. And your peace, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And so, as your word says, Father, I give you thanks that you hear my prayer, that you are intimately acquainted with all my ways, that you are my prayer answering, covenant keeping, miracle working Father and God. And I thank you for these things and for the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, my friends, I I feel good <laughs> just doing that. And I, I trust that you feel better. And it's not, my aim is not just, quote unquote, that you feel better, but that you step into the flow of the Holy Spirit, which is life-giving, and that you come to, you see, I believe that when we pray the Word of God, we appreciate it more because we're, we're interacting with the one who wrote, who inspired his Word. And that brings him great honor but it also does something to us inside. The Word of God brings joy. It brings correction. There's no question about it. But it also brings joy when we obey the Word of God. And I think one of the greatest ways to learn how to pray, and there's not a believer alive that doesn't need to grow in prayer. And by the way, that is fruit-bearing. Well, one of the greatest ways we can grow in prayer is simply to stop. Anytime you see a verse that that uh, steps out to you or, or grabs your attention or seems very important, most likely you can stop and turn that around in prayer in the first person. And I just led you in an example of doing that. Now, let me go back to the seriousness of bearing fruit. The writer, before we get to our passage in Luke, the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 5, verse 11, concerning him, we have much to say. Concerning him is concerning uh, the idea of, 
uh, Melchizedek, which was somewhat complicated, but Melchizedek as a representative of Jesus, our high priest. And so the writer says, concerning him, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though this, by this time, verse 12, you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, verse 13, for he is an infant. Verse 14, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. There's much more to that passage than I have time to go into. But before we get to our primary passage now in Luke chapter 13, let's pray and trust the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And we do that right now. Father, we we ask for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven in every one of our lives. And we ask, Holy Spirit, now that you would take over, that you would open our eyes, our ears, our hearts to receive all that you have for us, and let it be through our response that we bring glory and honor to the Father and the Son, and through your work in us, Holy Spirit, become more like you, Lord Jesus. And we pray these things in faith and with expectation, because we know that these things are according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I just feel a joy for you that you're listening. Um, even though I don't know you, I just I just have a sense, a kind of a, a, a kinship with you at this point, a love uh, from God for you. And if I'm sensing that, then then that tells me that God is definitely up, up to something in your life. Now, the title of today's message is similar to last week, and it is More Urgency to Get Right with God. Or maybe I could just title it Bearing Fruit for God, a simple title. But in order to bear fruit for him, we have to have a right relationship with him. And that can only come through full yielded relationship with Jesus Christ, full surrender, full trust in him, repentance of our sin, and and the asking of him to be our Lord and Savior. Have you done that, my friend? If you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, towards the end of this message to do just that. Now, in our passage today, we're in Luke chapter 13, uh, verses 16, I'm sorry, verse 6 to 9, Jesus continues to address the urgency to get right with him and to grow in him, becoming more and more like him every single day. And so let's look at Luke 13 and verses 6 through 9. And he began 
telling this parable. A parable is usually an illustration. Most of the time, it's a it's a story that is true that people could understand, called from everyday life. But primarily, it illustrates one primary point. And the listeners were always expected to ask for the interpretation. And so he says, Luke tells us, uh, and he began, Jesus began telling us this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and didn't find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? Well, the vineyard keeper answered, verse 8, and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. By way of important reminder, just so that I can teach you, continually teach you principles of, principles of Bible study, it's always vital for us to keep in mind the previous passage, because almost always previous passage is linked with the current passage. And the connection between this and what we covered last week in verses 1 through 5 is simply that Jesus is continuing to urge repentance, but in our passage today, it's true repentance, the kind of repentance that bears fruit for God. And so, my friends, that illustrates the point that I was making at the beginning of this message. Not to bear fruit for God is a shame, and it might even be indicative that we don't, we're actually not in right relationship with Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you, are you in right relationship with him? One commentator, William Barclay, observes from this passage, he says, here's a parable at one and the same time, lit by grace and close packed with warning. That's beautiful. The parable teaches grace, but it also brings warning. You know, I, I think I want to mention, I probably don't mention this enough. That's because I, I don't want to appear self-serving. And yet, uh, I have not only my preaching and teaching ministry, but my writing ministry. So I write books for your growth, for the growth of the church. And one of the most important books of the Bible that people don't read because of what I call the intimidation factor, you, you might have guessed it, is the book of Revelation. And so I just finished volumes two and three of my commentary and study on Revelation back in December. And so now I have three volumes that cover all of Revelation. And these commentaries or studies are simply tools 
It'd be like me sitting down across from you and we're going through the book of Revelation together. And then I'm pointing out to you what this symbol means and what this figure of speech means and what the historical background here means. And uh, let me show you here how, how Revelation throughout, though we all know it's a book of judgment, but it's also a book of grace because before every or in every warning that's already written, that in itself is a gracious call to repentance. It's a book of prayer. It's a book of worship. Um, and there's so many things like that that I bring out um, in these three volumes on Revelation, but it's to take away, you'll see it's to take away the intimidation factor so that you can be confident in understanding this marvelous book. And throughout, I write prayers, kind of like what I just did earlier, to help us to apply the book of Revelation. And so you can get it if you have access to Amazon. All you have to do is just go on Amazon.com and type in my name, Brad, B as in boy, R-A-D, Abley, second word, Last name, A, B as in boy, L-E-Y. And then up will come not only those books, but my three devotionals, and then my study and commentary on 1 Thessalonians, which I subtitled or titled um, A Church with a, a Powerful, what is it? What did I say? I got it right here on my bookshelf. Uh, a church with a powerful legacy for today's Christian. So I invite you to uh, to invest in these books. You can get them from my website as well at bradably.com. Now back to our study in Luke. I want to add that Barclay, in his commentary, rightly warns, he writes, the parable teaches that uselessness invites disaster. And so, my friends, I want to urge you, as I'm urging myself, to daily guard our hearts to bear fruit for God. Are you doing that? Now, Jesus' teaching here is that while God is patient with sinners, uh, God is not willing to, uh, he, let me, I'm, I don't want to butcher this this memory verse that I haven't quoted for a while uh, from 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness. Well, that's a, that's a truth, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish. The Greek word means to come to ruination of all that's valuable but for all to come to repentance. And he's writing this to believers. So Jesus teaching here that while God is patient with sinners, God the Father, no one knows how long he or she has in this life. That's what he taught in the previous passages that we covered last week. And our Lord has already emphasized that many people think they have longer to live than they do. And therefore, uncertainty should urge them to get right with God. 
to jerk them out of their spiritual slumber. And that is, in my view, that is one of the grave dangers in, uh, at least in the United States of America today, that there is a spiritual slumber, a spiritual deadness that afflicts much of the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because much of the church of Jesus Christ doesn't even value the Bible enough to read it on a daily basis. And so I commend you for doing a good thing that is of has eternal value, and that is to, to listen to a gospel broadcast like this, where, let me just remind you, my pledge is never to teach anything that is unbiblical, no unsound doctrine, no speculation, no no dogmatism on my part that, that doesn't have anything to do with the essentials of the faith. Well, let me read another comment from this passage by Barclay. He says, the parable teaches us of the gospel of the second chance. You see, many people I've heard uh, that many people need to hear the gospel seven times before it takes. That doesn't mean everybody is like that. I heard the gospel one time and repented of my sin. But I know people that have heard the gospel many times before they repent. Only God knows the heart. Barclay writes, a fig tree normally takes three years to reach maturity. That, thus the reason for that three years. If it's not fruiting, he writes, by that time, it's not likely to fruit at all. But this fig tree was given another chance. He adds, it's always Jesus' way to give a man chance after chance. Peter and Mark and Paul would all gladly have witnessed to that. God is infinitely kind to the man who falls and rises again. Hallelujah. For me, I can say that. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness and your patience and your mercy to me, who has fallen again and again and again, but you always enable me to rise up again through repentance. Well, back to Barclay's comment, he says, the parable also makes it quite clear that there is a final opportunity. If we refuse chance after chance, if God's appeal and challenge come again and again in vain, the day finally comes, not when God has shut us out, but when we, by deliberate choice, have shut ourselves out. God, save us from that. Why? Because the writer of Hebrews makes it clear in chapter 9, verse 23, it is appointed for men to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So, my friend, where do you stand with Jesus Christ? Where do you stand with his offer for you to receive eternal life today. If you are willing to pray with me, then pray with me these words right now. Lord Jesus Christ, pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me of my sin. I have not lived my life for you. 
but I turn from my own selfish ways to follow you all the days of my life. Take my life, Lord Jesus, and use it for your glory. And I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer, that you have forgiven me of my sin, and that you are now my Lord and my Savior. Now, let me pray for you, Father. Protect those that prayed that prayer from the powers of darkness and help them to explode in fruit-bearing all the days of their lives. And for the rest of us, my prayer for all of us is that you would daily, Holy Spirit, stir us to hunger and thirst for you and for your word, to know you, to make you known, to bear fruit for you, Lord Jesus, and to be your blessing to everyone we come into contact with. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.